Welcome to Unfiltered, a podcast series brought to you by Women Unlimited and We Are Outspoken, both Birmingham-based platforms for women in the creative and marketing industries. Today's advertising episode is the second of our exclusive two-part grad series, where we talk to advertising grads, tutors and experienced industry women on what it means to be graduating in these uncertain times and tips on how to navigate the transition from grad to industry. So my name's Batten, I'm from Outspoken and I'm here today with a great group of people and we're going to be talking about graduating, the industry, um, education, gender equality, race equality, class equality, all types of stuff today. So we'll just go one by one and introduce who's on the episode with us. Hi, I'm Kira. I'm a creative director at McCann in World Group in London and also McCann Demand. I've been in the industry for 13 years and currently on mat leave. Okay, hi. Um, hi, my name is uh, Choi Su. I'm the head of subject for the advertising courses at Falmouth University, and that's uh, the BA Creative Advertising, MA Creative Advertising, and we do have an online uh, MA Digital Marketing Communications. And I've been in teaching in um, advertising courses, uh, well, for various universities for the, about the last 10 years. Hi, my name's Alba. I'm currently in the second year, going into third year of the Creative Advertising Bachelor. Hi, I'm Maria. I've just graduated from um, the advertising course at Falmouth. Maria and Alba, how are you feeling about going forward into the advertising industry? Yeah, I feel like graduating was almost very anticlimactic. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, there was so much sort of lead up to this big point in your life. And then it was sort of everything locked down. It was like, oh, my gosh, no, like, have I graduated really? Um, but I think, you know, we kind of take advantage of all the resources that we had at uni um, and definitely the collaboration within uni with other team members and stuff on briefs was really important. And you kind of forget how important that is. So that was something that I definitely missed out um, finishing off the year. Yeah, for sure. And Trey, I bet it was quite different suddenly having to go to all online teaching with like barely any notice. Yeah, I think that was the biggest challenge to 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 make that transition. And, you know, it's not just like, you know, online learning has been around for years. So it's not necessarily just being online. It's just the weirdness of, of being in lockdown and not being able to leave your house and, and see people and just spontaneously absorb things, which is so much of what, you know, being creative and working on creative stuff means. So that was one of the biggest struggles. Yeah. And Kira, because you've been on mat leave, obviously you're going to be returning to work now with it all being totally remote so that's also going to be pretty weird for you yeah yeah it's very very strange to think that when I left um yeah we were obviously in the office in London and looking forward to actually moving into our new offices in Shoreditch so yeah I will go back via Zoom and Microsoft Teams and everything in October um so yeah I'm, I'm kind of you know excited obviously to go back and get stuck in and see all the and see all the crew again but yeah it will be different um, even to you guys' points about, you know, trying to brainstorm, like there is pros and cons to that, isn't there? Like the nice time you can get the isolation to think and write and, you know, actually think through your thoughts. But then there's the fun thing about being able to bounce off, off people. Yeah. How have you found that, Maria and Alba, like finishing off coursework and collaborating with other people all done remotely? Has that been difficult or has that been better? 
Um, I find it really difficult because I'm a single creative. So I work with different people and different, you know, briefs or campaigns and stuff. So kind of trying to plan that around like three or four other people's schedules, like although nobody's really doing anything, it's kind of hard to sort of organise that. Um, so that was quite difficult. And really, you know, um, you don't have that sort of intimate space where you can really like blur out all these ideas and go into these random head spaces because although you're just at home there is so many different you know distractions around you. Yeah I agree I think I didn't really have much work that was collaborative towards the end of the year but I did find myself like looking back on my work and I was like oh I remember this working with this person and kind of romanticizing all of the times, you know, <laughs> even like arguments that I had with my creative partner. It was like, damn, I really wish that was like, I was doing that right now instead of sitting at home just by myself. I love that. <laughs> yeah. having a fight having miss having a fight with uh, with people across the table you know yeah. just arguing that's the joy of creative work isn't it mm. yeah definitely it's getting it's getting in there isn't it and just discussing all the points and also just having like you're saying like being able to say those stupid things sometimes in your sometimes if you're not in person with somebody they don't really know that you're joking or that you're like being a certain way yeah or, or... i mean definitely some some people have told me that you know they can work working remotely is, is is definitely good because they can be somewhere nicer. <laughs> yeah. Then then in then in a sort of expensive shoebox, I guess, in, in London, <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it certainly opens up opportunities, I think, doesn't it? So um, Maria, mm. is London some is that your plan? where are sort of you seeing yourself heading? See, I feel like working in London in an advertising agency is so you know forced I feel like it's such the normal thing to do and um, I just I don't know I really struggle with it because again I'm from Cornwall and um, being so isolated in a way and having so much space in Cornwall compared to London is so freeing and I think for me moving to London will be you know terrifying um, and I do think it's an issue that um, people have started to notice in these agencies that there is an issue with um, having to go to London and work there. Like I think more than that, I think a lot of creatives, you know, a few people go into university and they don't necessarily have a lot of money from their parents and stuff. So going to London, they're completely on their own. You know, they don't have a big um, economic support. So I think, you know, there's a bit of an issue there that maybe from this lockdown that people can start to sort of do rem what's the word? Remote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I totally agree with that actually I think that um well I mean knowing when I like started out in the industry I started out in Dublin right which is quite a small like I suppose it's like a small pond right and the idea even back then um, you know whatever like 13 years ago I thought London was like oh I'm never going to London it's just so big and scary and like it's just ridiculous and obviously the cost of it as well like my mom was a single mother, so I was like, right, you know, she thought she's like, oh, advertising, that sounds great. I mean, you know, you're going to be using your art and everything. I'm delighted. But then when I told her I was on this, I got this internship at Ogilvy and they were going to pay me like, you know, whatever it was, I think 250 euro a week. Um, she was like, well, how are you going to pay your rent as well? And so I had really like an ultimate mate that I had to had to had to had to get a job in three months like they had to hire me in that three months at the time they like kept extending it on and I just turned my creative partner and I was like I don't have the luxury like of people to like sit around and like you know keep on being paid really badly even though we're making work 
So we went out and acted to be like, got a junior job after three months, you know, experience. But I, you know, I managed to like get my experience in Dublin. Then I went to like Canada and then I came to London when I felt like I had, you know, I suppose I could get more money and afford all the things that are really intimidating about London. Um, but yeah, I think even just, and that's, that is a real problem as well, because I think, you know, even when I moved to London, I could see there was, you know, very, very few people like me around me then because they either had, you know, had a lot of money that they're able to intern for ages in all these agencies and they'd all done the rounds in like, you know, the really big names. And I was like, oh, well, I've just come from <laughs> Ireland, and, you know, just be confident in how different you are really and that you're not the norm because everybody else looks the same and acts the same and has had the same journey. Like even to the remote working thing, that makes that even better, right? Because there's no reason that you can't work in a London agency and like be down in Cornwall. Like, you know, I don't even know why, why am I living in London? I should be moving back to, you know, move to Barbados and like, mm. you know. Yeah, I can, I can definitely like uh, empathize with the fact that it's scary. But um, use, I think using the advantage you're from a small, a smaller community or a smaller place or just finding a different route is the best way to overcome the scary scariness of London I think and I do think it's possible like I know um Karma Armour have done their Karma Cadets um internship they're doing it completely remote and I just think you know there's so many agencies that can just take a you know take a look at that because I think it can work and hopefully we are moving to that point yeah, yeah. and if not that at least you know because the big problem isn't it is not being paid for stuff and that can be really tempting to try and when people lure you in with oh, it's this great name agency, you'll get loads of experience. But ultimately, if you're not getting paid, it's going to block out a huge proportion of of people. So unpaid internships, they are, they are a big problem, aren't they? And there are some initiatives you Lucky Generals are doing. I think mm-hmm. they have a flat that they offer to their placement teams because obviously housing is one of the, the biggest costs. And there are agencies signed up to the poverty pledge, but it still is happening a lot, isn't it? I mean, I think there's definitely more things like, you know, the way like the likes of, say, Creative Equals, they, have, they did the scholarship fund and they do that every year. So you, you get a, a pot of money. But um, like, for example, one of the girls I know that did it, she got to live at Rosie Arnold for the start. So she worked, so she lived in Rosie Arnold's house while she worked, I think, at BBDO or BBH at the time and, you know, had a free room to stay in and that's the kind of you know even if you are getting London living wage which is I think about 19 and a half grand when you work it out and then you've got you know say 700 a month for your rent you know it definitely like you're you're ending up you're living on very little um so yeah there I think there's any more initiatives for free accommodation or like yeah live with someone who could also teach you kind of around the clock or you could just chat with about the industry we have to end up, we have to, have to, have to, have to pay AP interns like a proper wage that they can live on. It just doesn't make sense because you're still, as much as you're learning, you know, you're still contributing. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons why a lot of big companies, I mean, if, in spite of the fact that they are, you know, big, big agencies don't pay interns is because you know the the law is you know they cannot create they cannot create an exclusive policy just for interns the, the law has to apply to everybody in the company so by perhaps exploiting a certain loophole in the law about how you describe a job um, and not paying interns they escape paying other types of employees in the same 
uh, institution uh, they, they sort of get away with not paying them properly sort of like cleaners uh, like the people that that serve you in the in the staff canteen you know it's, it's I think that's why it's so important because it's not just about interns it's just you know, it's just about a fair wage for everybody in the in the company I think at the end of the day it also says a lot about a company that is willing to just even more than just paying interns you know the living wage to be able to have these concepts in place to maybe pay off the transportation because you're it's not realistic to ask for an intern to find like housing in the center of London you know that's just not going to happen and it also says it shows how much respect they have for their interns from the bottom all the way up you can't be a I think an inclusive or respectful environment in an agency if you're not willing to put you know those opportunities for these interns that are coming in often, you know, not from London, like Maria was saying, you know, being able to be there for them as a whole, rather than just paying them the living wage is, is very important. And I think it also often promotes um, that this opportunity of internship only for a certain type of person, rather than, you know, really being open, which is what it should be an internship for anybody who wants that job or that opportunity. So I think it's very important to help interns as a whole, like rather than just paying them the living wage. I find this really funny with the industry is like we have all these problems, but no one actually looks at them like a creative brief. Like that's a, that's a problem. Like we need to solve that. Like we need to solve that. Like how we solve our, you know, our uh, basically our brand's problems. Um, so yeah, that's literally like how can we hack that to make it work for people? So let's try and think of ways to get people in from different places like that you know that's, that's such a good up. point the seeing as a creative creative challenge you know like like lucky generals has the flat why not i don't know um convert a you know a sprinter van and turn it into a, a flat a really nice kind of van life for interns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with heating and everything um especially just for junior employees um, you're so right, you know, seeing it as a creative challenge, you know, very good at solving problems. Solve this one, please. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We need, to, we need to solve our own or like, you know, uh, excuse any kind of sweeping kind of comments. But I think like, like a lot of girls don't want to like, you know, sleep on their friends' couches. And I think that's kind of like why a lot of young females don't commit like as, man, as many or last as long as guys do. Because if you are interning in all these other agencies that are paying you nothing, you need to live with somebody or you need to like, you know, rough it. And I, I wasn't up for sleeping on my friend's couches anyway for like six to 12 months of my life, you know what I mean? And I think uh, that definitely deters people away again. If you're not willing to sleep in like, you know, on, on someone's couch or put up with some really bad accommodation, then you are already being knocked out do you know what I mean of making it into the first level into the industry I think yeah definitely I think it's all things that the industry can do to open the door wider isn't it and ultimately the it will pay off in the end with the work that people produce because the more different backgrounds of people you have the more interesting and diverse the ideas are as well you know I think at the minute there's a lot of white men in high powerful positions and it it's not always going to lead to work that represents people truthfully or accurately so yeah I mean it's good to think about how the industry like you say tackle it like a creative brief different ways that the industry can actually help make itself more diverse 
there are other things obviously that it can do as well like mentoring as a as a solution so I suppose like what what else can industries and the universities be doing to to help encourage that um, diversity of talent in the industry um I think from you know on the part of, of from universities I mean we'll as, as course leaders and tutors we're always very keen to uh, make sure that our courses are really relevant to the industry we work we invite guest speakers all the time but maybe we need to longer term schemes that pair up a mentor with a uh, about to graduate student somebody who can you know maybe meet up uh, or or just even a phone call regularly to kind of you know get some advice um, rather than just a, sort of a fly in and fly out type of guest speaker um, to to cultivate that kind of trust and relationship with somebody who's uh, a little bit more senior in the industry could really help our graduates uh, gain a bit more confidence um, as they're kind of you know clutching our portfolios and, and 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 starting to navigate the different agencies they must have so many questions um when when trying to network for their first jobs and sometimes it can be quite embarrassing to ask those questions and not and we as tutors because we're in academia we don't necessarily have all of the answers that that, that are relevant to industry at the moment so so actually having somebody who's currently working in the industry as a mentor who's able to answer some very basic questions um, and sort of uh, you know um, help to deal with some of those anxieties really go a really long way for for a graduate who's sort of you know just finding their feet and and finding out really what what where their place is in the industry. I think um, obviously the DNAD festival just finished and um, that was all online and obviously I was a bit like how's this going to be how you know am I going to learn anything but having it online, there was so much more opportunity to ask questions, to network, to follow that, like instantly follow that person Instagram, to remember things and to really get a good networking opportunity, not with just these, you know, experienced people in advertising, marketing and so on, but also with, you know, people who are in the same position as me and, you know, reaching out to them and just knowing that you're kind of going through this weird feeling of, like a limbo stage of where am I going to go in my life after graduating you can really you know create discussions with people who are going through all of that and uh yeah I mean although it's a shame that I didn't get to go to the festival and experience it but having it online honestly was great because the recordings can go up you can look back at everything and kind of get more of a you know more of a feel for like these answers that people are giving you and what about you, Alba? What do you feel like your future in advertising holds? I'm I'm not sure just yet what I really want to do. I think, I don't know if I'm putting off, like choosing maybe to do a master's because I'm not quite sure what I want to do. So I'm just putting off that decision until later. Maybe not the best decision ever. But I mean, I grew up like in so many different countries that, for me, staying in one spot, like going to London or going to the cities and staying there for like as a permanent job just seems like it's it seems scary, honestly. And I don't know if that's if remote now working is maybe a blessing that came out of the coronavirus because maybe it does open up that opportunity to just be able to move and you still have that job and that security of that job. So hopefully i think a lot of companies are starting to see that as a possibility in the future i think that's very encouraging for anybody coming into it 
it just gives you more opportunity to just be anywhere and really get that job done. I think, like, just to your guys' point, actually, and especially to, like, about, you know, the how the industry can help you guys out more and, you know, just even when you were talking about having somebody to chat to or that kind of, you know, asking all those questions to, and you're, like, you are saying, even, like, Maria, you found some people online that are like you. I think there's, like, one part of... It's very important when you start in any, I think, industry is finding a little tribe, like finding people that are kind of like you, that you want to chat to and you stay in touch with them as you kind of, you know, either move off the industry or you all go different ways. But um, as to your point about like, you know, the actually how universities can like, um, I suppose, get in touch with the industry more. I know that what she says, we have a thing called Who's Your Mama? And that's in the industry, but it would be really interesting. I don't know, like, obviously I'm on the committee and I like know Rachel who runs it, like to actually maybe start to do the link that with the college, you know, like have, you know, that you'd have access to the mamas like on it and Mm. that, you know, perhaps before you come into the industry, you get to have a, I always think it's really funny when I talk about how you get to have a mama and that you got to ask them all those questions. Funny story, but when I moved from Toronto to London and I was still petrified, even though I had like four years experience, I was absolutely terrified of London. And I remember I went to a She Says event and I'd heard about this Who's Your Mama thing. And I went over to this, when I went into the event, I went over to this lady and said, um, is Who's Your Mama here? Like, you know, and she's like, Sorry, I'm I'm not your mother. Like I don't know who she's <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm looking for like the men, you know, the mentorship. And she's like, oh God, sorry, sorry. So and it, ever since I've been in London, I've had somebody to like, you know, ask. Even when you ha- if you even if you do get a job and you're in an agency, uh, but you might have questions about like, am I do I like this job? Do I want to move job? You know, am I doing the right work? But when you have someone like who's al- almost like an outsider and like you know in the industry as well, you can just really bounce stuff off to give you that access to that kind of those kind of people before you come out so you can ask them all the questions you want (laughs) I think industry is doing some really cool stuff to kind of you know bring up people with them um I think it's 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 also challenging that I think there could be better careers uh, services in in universities to widen participation I think I'm not saying all universities career services are terrible but from what from my experience, you know, they, they they tend to be fairly, you know, fairly generic and and not very inspiring and and quite corporate. You know, here's how to write a CV, and, you know, sort of very, you know, very traditional. And I think actually this like the, there is a lot of quite innovative and um, things happening out there that, um, that direct advice about breaking into the creative industries and even basic things like um, educating people on these are your rights as interns. Did you know you have rights as interns? Um, or like how, how much how much do you think you should ask for as a pay? Like these really silly questions that, well, they're important questions, not silly questions, but questions that people don't dare to ask. They are, exist out there like intern magazine, lecture in progress, more in the design industry. I've always often wondered why a lot I see a lot of this in the design industry not so much in the advertising industry useful careers advice that's kind of really tailored to the creative industries as as it's currently working yeah and I mean as well with advertising networking is such an important part of it as well it can be really hard to kind of make those connections with people a when you're quite far away and b you're not seeing people that look like you because I think we we network based on shared experiences and being able to relate to each other. 
And obviously that can be more challenging when you aren't seeing the role models who represent where you want to be as well. Is that something that you find as well, Maria and Alba? Yeah, I think it's really important having people to look up to in such high career positions and then knowing they've got a similar background to you. They may even look a bit like you, you know, they've got struggles, they've, they're a mother, they're, you know, all the things that we're um, as young creatives are going to be in the future as well. Just kind of, it kind of reassures you, actually, this is, you know, a career opportunity that I'm going into for the long term but obviously we don't see that that often and it is quite you know makes the whole experience even more intimidating because you think oh there's not a lot of you know women who are big creative directors in these massive agencies and you kind of think well I'm not going to get to that point then and it kind of just makes you think is this going into this the right thing for me really but yeah, I think um, there's a few things that I've seen, you know, like the Young Creative Council, a lot of their platforms that they do and are helping a lot more as well because, you know, they are voicing that and they are trying to, um, you know, get people to see that, you know, it is possible and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I wanted to add on to what Maria was saying. I think networking, especially in the advertising industry, is such an important thing to do and often as a result of networking, you do create jobs, you know, you are creating jobs because they're just, they're not there. It's not like other industries where there's a job posting and if you fit the criteria, you know, you'd give it a shot. Sometimes those jobs appear because you meet the right person that's willing to say, you know, oh, this intern, let's try her out. You know, I've heard good things about her. I've talked to her a little bit. Um, for people of color and I think women as well, if you don't have somebody, like I was saying, that is willing to vouch for you, it's gonna be really hard for you to make that job happen. And oftentimes I found that, you know, if it's in a small setting where you're having just a conversation with a few people from the industry, like at the university, when guest speaker come over, you more likely to start a conversation that is you know interesting for both parties if you have something to relate to so mm -hmm. if you are somebody who has no shared experience at all whatsoever with that guest speaker you know that conversation is going to be like it's almost like dating you don't you're, you're trying you're like oh where'd you come from this and that and you're trying to find that shared experience that will make that connection and that will they will remember you after they leave and if you're somebody who doesn't have any of that shared experience it's that much harder to stay in that person's brain and and when they do go talk to their the to their um company they're going to be like they're going to think oh this person fits better this person that I have a lot in common with is going to fit better in my company than this person that you know we spent 5 minutes trying to find something that we can relate to so that's I think a trouble with networking that I, I don't know I personally have a hard time with but I think a lot of people who a lot of minorities also have a lot of trouble with that yeah I think like networking is obviously it is a huge part of the industry very scary a scary part for if you're a minority if you're different anyway or if you're an introvert which some a lot of creatives can be you know, you go to, I suppose, the very superficial kind of topics first when you meet someone, like you're saying, you're trying to find those things in common. But, you know, I mean, the great thing about being a creative is that it actually is your work. Your work is what will define you better than someone else. And if I would really like to challenge any creative director in, my, in this industry to, like, say, 
well, why would you pick someone that looks like you and is like you if the other person is better work? That's what I kind of focused on. I was like, right, I'm not no way as wealthy as any of these people. I sound so different. And OK, I might be white, but I'm obviously I haven't been to any of these fancy schools or whatever. I didn't go to an advertising college. and But I was like, my, I'm going to just work really hard and make creative work that will just, you know, get me in front of these people you know creativity is all about trying to make things different and stand out use your I think using your difference to stand to actually like you know instead of trying to find a similarity with someone be like even just showing that you are really different and they you know opening their eyes to like you know I think it's really even interesting like you're saying I like you've lived in all these countries I'm like oh I want to know what every country you've lived in you know and those things will make you more interesting creative because you'll have loads of different experiences and different cultural um I suppose like just awareness of places versus someone who like you know has probably just lived in the UK all their life or you know I'm not saying there's something wrong with people who live in the UK all their life either but um <laughs> I do think just because my husband has I do think it is and I totally agree it is important to see someone like you because that is yeah it's totally off-putting to think like oh why would I stay in a career if I can't see any aspiration of like Oh, I'm just going to make it to middleway creative and then my career is over. And um, like for me, I probably had like Laura JB, who is, you know, she's now CCO of Grey and like used to be, you know, founder, Mr. President. Like I saw her, I didn't know her. Like I knew she, I, but I, I knew that she was a mother. I knew that she had been very successful. So I was like, okay, that's one, <laughs> one. But I was like, wait, that it's possible, right? It is possible. And she was Australian. She wasn't British. She was like from a different country as well. You know, when I you know, became pregnant, everything I was like, you know, you you have to, I have to, I I almost felt like I nearly t- like you know, have to you know prove and be better as a mother in the industry. So women underneath who will have kids and they will do all those things, and there'll be more women that will stay in the industry, um, because we have to kind of I suppose if you don't see yourself, you need to either make sure you're if you're in the industry there's someone behind you who's like you when you're younger and they'll see you in it do you know what I mean so it's like we all have to make our little steps and then gradually the, the industry will look different and it will feel different because people ref- refuse just be stubborn and refuse to be like oh yeah I don't look like you but I'm just as good actually and a bit better actually so I'll stick around thanks embrace your difference and fire on basically <laughs> I think that's really nice to hear, you know, like definitely to talk about our own experiences, because I think so there was a problem that I had with my portfolio at one point, whether should I add my picture of myself on it or not? And I was kind of thinking, well, yeah, of course I'm going to like, you know, this is me. I want to be proud of the work I did. But then also thinking about it, a lot of the work I do, I've never really spoken about personal experiences. So, for instance, I'm adopted and I would love to do a campaign on that. But I just think oh, you know, I've got that big picture of me, you know, clearly a a girl of colour, and then I'm doing something on adoption or I'm doing something on race. And I just feel like, you know, I don't know, I guess I never felt confident or felt like maybe, oh, yeah, she's obviously going to do a campaign on that almost. But, you know, I think that's really, like, humbling to hear that, you know, yeah, I'm going to talk about my experiences and I'm going to embrace it. Maria, I just wanted to say I feel like we're the same person because (laughs) the same thing, I'm also adopted. And my mom was always like, it was always this back and forth, especially in Switzerland. You know, should I put my picture? Is it even worth me putting my picture? Are people going to 
you know, assume things because my last name is like super long and it, just things don't add up really in the CV. And my mom always kind of pushed me into, you know, if you don't have to, don't really do it. You just don't want to get knocked down already from the get go. And I don't want people to think of me a certain way before even meeting me or just through a piece of paper. So I think I think I share the same experience as Maria. It's always that question in the back of your mind. But yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm, this is a few years ago, but someone had sent a portfolio to me of a girl who was really good creative. She was based in Amsterdam and they were like, oh, you know, this is what you should be aspiring to be as a creative, you know, and I was like, oh, here we go. Yes, comparing myself to other people. Love this. Um, and in her bio, she'd actually written, I don't have any children. Like she put that as a pro for why you should hire her, right? And I was like, what? This is insane. Like, and I had the, you know, you, you, I'm like, I want kids. What is it? So I just can't have kids. I want to be an amazing creative or whatever. But I was just like, what? No. And I'm like, I think even now I've like been adamant. I've even put up my LinkedIn. I'm out in maternity leave. And I've like, it's a role. It's a full-time job, believe me, being a mom. And like, I want people to see that that is, you know, that's part of like totally normal to do that. Um, instead of being guilted or being ashamed like that, you shouldn't have those aspirations or you shouldn't do something. I mean, 100% put your picture up. I mean, anything like you have to like, that's the thing is like even all the portfolios creative directors get and it, like, you know, agencies get like most of them are like mikeanddave.com or whatever. <laughs> like it's like everybody has the same bio. They write the things the same way. If there is anything that like helps you stand out from like the sea of same, even if that's just your picture or even just you both you saying you're adopted, like that's like if you have you know a story to tell a more interesting, like you could write something about that and that would make you even more stand out. You know, if you want to, that's totally up to you. But like embracing that part about you, like I've always embraced that, you know, I'm like a mad in mad Irish woman from the west of Ireland. Like I just, you know, that's and I'm not going to change. But that will make me, I suppose, more memorable than some if I was to pretend that I wasn't Irish. So yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent. Please, if I go onto either of your websites in the future and I don't see your pictures on them, I will email you and be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> No, it's there loud and proud. Good. Good. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's also it's just balancing and it's celebrating your your difference um and and sort of you know being proud of who you are. I think that's really important. Um and um you know just working really hard and letting letting the work kind of show shine through. That's important. And I think but I think that doesn't mean that that as a as a so whole institution the industry you know they also still have the responsibility to to kind of show themselves as a welcoming place where you don't need to have sort of the kind of social capital to kind of succeed in a networking situation so i think it's sort of both on an individual level you know um don't be afraid celebrate a difference but i think the industry as a whole like kind of systemic level just needs to just need to look a bit more welcoming um, and just look a bit more inclusive so that, you know, people like Alba and Maria will be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to put my picture on it and not be afraid. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, 100%. I think we've got a lot to do on, say, like HR and like actually talent officers finding people. Um, I know like previously in my career, like I've had, you know, say a talent officer, like give you a lot of books and they're all like white guys. And I've been like, oh, God. Uh, I've just put it on my LinkedIn and I got like five 
portfolios that are not white guys. And like, so I'm like, it's, uh, and I've said that to him, you know, and I've said this to other people, like, it's like, you know, if I can find them, then surely you can, you know, that's like putting pressure on. And yeah, it, it is making, trying to make sure that we like, you know, do better. I think, you know, there is, you know, the, like if people like me get hired and I'm going to force that to happen and I hire people who are different and they are going to hire people that are different and they're going to hire people just for their work and not think about it any other way, then I think, yeah, we have to keep pushing. Um, but it is a responsibility definitely of like creative director, every creative director should be pushing f to look for the talent and like better talent and like more diverse talent. That's our responsibility, like 100%. If the agency that don't do that, they I think they're gradually going to see. I mean, everyone's going to be affected by COVID in some way, but they're definitely going to see like people just don't want to work there, you know. Also, in terms of agencies, like they're not making ads anymore for just the target audience, or at least, you know, more people see that ad than the target audience. And to think that your advertisement and your work is only going to affect a certain amount of people and it's just, I think, very na narrow-minded. You're making ads now for the whole world and easily people from all around the world are going to pick it up. So why wouldn't you want to reach as many people as possible and have, you know, people to work for you that can reach those people and that relate to those everybody in the world? So I think it's important for companies to really start thinking about that. Like long-term, it's going to become harder to justify not having that mixed backgrounds of workers. And I think educators are, are not faultless either. I think we could definitely do better to, you know, I think in universities there's this phrase going around sort of decolonizing the curriculum. I guess telling telling alternative histories and stories of, of the profession, um, putting sort of different faces that are not male and white. Um, as in, in, in textbooks, in case studies, uh, um, in the curriculum, I think that more of that definitely needs to happen to, mm. to sort of show that it's not just this version of advertising that you're learning and it's actually lots, uh, a much more diverse kind of landscape. I think as well, there's one thing like that um, I've started to notice, which is will make, I think, agency change is that clients, so the brands are very you know, they're becoming, I suppose, they're feeling the pressure culturally, like, that. you know, people are like, oh, I don't feel represented, I'm not buying your product. And that is people, the best thing about advertising is that obviously people will speak with their money, right? So if you don't feel like that brand represents you, you're not going to buy it. So like, I mean, we've literally had like clients say like, I want a woman on that business. You know, if everybody, if the clients are pu pushing agencies to be like, you know, I want that, like, you know, I want it to be a more diverse team, Therefore, the agency has to respond because they want to keep the business. Then therefore, like, you know, we we like can get people in and make the place more diverse as well. So it's kind of like a, it's like a circle, you know, as well, that that's really important. And like if everyone's pushing in the right direction, then it will it will it will it will it will it will change. Actually. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, advertising is all about people, isn't it? So if we're basing it all off a very limited set of people, the stories that we tell will not be that interesting or it won't be interesting for the majority of people anyway so that's why it's so valuable to to hire in diverse talent and people with different stories to tell so that we can better reflect the people that are buying the products at the end of the day 
I mean, I think there's a lot more than like uh, that that courses can do with people like she says, creative equals, young creative councils. I mean, we are we are doing our best and mutually sort of to like get get those like relationships going and, and help graduates, especially in such a tough time. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's about working together, I think. That's yeah. really important. Well, t- this is a great, great time, though, isn't it? When everyone's remote, like the distance feels nothing now. So I think like, you know, starting those things, even when everybody's working on online is like great, you know, because then. Yeah, one of the things I have noticed is since the remote thing is actually it's been easier to reach people um, and talk to people because it's the barriers, you know, it's no longer sort of having to get people down on a on a long train journey and book hotels and all that stuff. It's just sort of I'm going to switch on my computer and talk to this amazing creative in you know a different country <laughs> um and that people are willing to do that so i think there's something to be said for remote working and improving diversity <laughs> yeah. makes more people visible and accessible doesn't it brings people yeah. closer weirdly even though they're further apart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> together but apart isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd like to thank all our guests for their valuable time and leave you with a summary of five tips that resonated with us. One, find your tribe as you navigate through the industry. Two, find mentors, seek advice and don't be afraid to ask questions. Three, use your difference to stand out and be confident in how different you are. Four, take advantage of the current situation and reach out to people who weren't previously accessible. And lastly, Remember that we may be apart, but we're all working together. We'd love to hear from you, so do get in touch with us on our social channels. You can find us on Twitter, at Women Unlimited, that is U-N-L-T-D, and at WeAre underscore Outspoken. Thank you and stay well, everyone.